The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks, Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Richard. Darren. So uh, I want to stick on this theme of, of, of psychic powers, especially with your workshop coming up yeah. um, on October 7th. Yeah. And um, I thought I, what I'd like to get into here is what it was like, particularly in the beginning of the journey, because, you know, we've got um, what, you know, really want to think about, speak about things that are going to help people right at the beginning, getting started, and particularly getting to some of the do's or don'ts. I'd like to get to that to yeah. the show. Yeah. But I thought I'd start with, you know, one thing just to kind of set the context for psychic powers in general. You know, I was going through your book, this book, yes. I'm like Psychic yeah. Powers. And you know, one thing that I found quite unusual, which stood out to me right away, just going through the first chapter, is that right away you're referencing the you know, various different classic yoga treatises, I mean, uh, and authors. I mean, Swami Vivekananda, mm -hmm. you got The Serpent Power by Sir John Woodruff, you've got Concentration and Meditation by Swami Sivananda, and then later on you've got things like The Chakras by Bishop Ledbetter, and then Nature's Finer Forces by Ram Prasad. Yeah. And I just, you know, anyone picking up a psychic book, I'm just not sure that they would have expected that. Fair point. Fair yeah. point. And I just thought maybe we could elaborate a little bit on, well, start here by elaborating on just the connection between psychic powers and yoga and even chakras and things. Yeah, sure. Um, so a lot of the old yoga schools, they kind of frown, frown on psychic development, mm. uh, although they reference it. They reference, and the Tibetans too, they reference Dakinis, having visions, this will happen, you'll see lights in the third eye, you'll hear certain sounds uh, like a gong and you, you'll hear oh, yeah. all these things. These are aspects of psychic development. What I think we should do from the very get-go in talking about unlock your psychic powers, which everybody can do, mm -hmm. and it's the way to find out whether they're real or not, because in the end, looking at what other people do and what other people claim, um, for a lot of us, isn't proof you know, unless you absolutely know those people are genuine, and they may well be. But when you do it yourself, you know. You know, right, this is an experience totally. I've had just like yes. I know I had breakfast yes. this morning. Yeah, yeah, good way to put it. It's yeah. that definite. Okay. And so that's the way to really find out. And that's my aim with the Unlock Your Psychic Powers workshop, actually, that everybody walks out knowing what they're capable of doing. It's a starter, but they, they will have an experience. That's a kind of a guarantee I make, that they will have an experience and they'll witness other people having experiences. And in fact, the team at the European headquarters asked me to put this workshop on. I haven't put it on for years, mm. but I used to do it a lot. And every, pretty well everybody came out knowing they were psychic in one way or another, sometimes in several ways. Um, so that, that's, then you will know, then you'll start to gain confidence and then you can decide yeah. where to take it. Yeah. Now the yogic references, that's just my background, mm. um, but what I think they bring to the table, which is missing in a lot of psychic development classes, mm. is control. Yeah. I don't mean controlling others, that's wrong. Mm. I mean self-control. And that's absolutely key. Because if you don't have the bedrock of concentration, and Dr. King is very explicit in his teaching about the importance of concentration, when you get to the higher levels, the contemplative levels, the psychic levels, you won't be able to control it. And you'll have a mixture and a mingling 
between your impressions and your imagination, your own thoughts and thoughts you're receiving, and you won't be able to discern the difference. And that's what yoga and the, the psychic, those kinds of traditional practices bring to the table. Yeah. It's just that there's a different ethos now. It's a very simple difference. Mm. The old yogic teachings, by and large, were focused on your own development only. The new age teachings are focused on service. So the question now is whether this will make me better able to serve. I see, yeah. If it's only about your development and nothing else, then probably you might be right to note these sounds, note these visions, and then detach from them and go back to your yoga. But if along the way you can gain impressions that will help you to serve. I'll give a very simple example. Sure, do. When you meet people, very often they don't tell you what's really on their mind, and they don't have to. Yeah. How you find, how you find, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> yeah. if you're able to tune into them correctly, mm. with their permission, and you shouldn't intrude on other people. I have a little uh, sort of little rule, a little bit of advice I give people who they say to me, if I get an impression about something, should I share it with them or not? Mm. Um, you don't want to interfere with their free will, particularly, but what I would advise is this. If you get an impression about someone, might be a loved one, might be a family member, a friend, um, you ask them, you tell them, I've got an impression, I've got a, a feeling about something. Do you want to know what it is? Okay, I see. Give them the choice mm. before you tell them. If they say, no, I really don't want to know what it is, honour that. They've had the opportunity. Sure. Probably wrongly they've turned it down, but mm. that's their choice. Mm. If they say yes, then you're not treading on their terrain. And, then, yeah. and they can't say, well, I didn't ask you to do this. You say, yes, you did, mm. actually. Um, and... Uh, another thing I would say is that very often the people who say no will phone you up later and say, oh, by the way, I see. what was yeah. that thing yeah. you wanted to say to me? Because yeah. yeah. it's curiosity. Yes. But that, that's yeah. up to you. But that's <laughs> yeah. a little, little uh, thing up to them to open the door, along the saying. way. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, because um, just going back to this motive of service, I mean, yeah. developing our psychic powers, we can become a better healer. Yeah, so yeah. you can tune into people, yeah. sorry, that's what I was yeah. and you can know more about them. As a mm. healer, as a very good example, mm. there isn't any finer form of psychic development. It is recommended in the uh, fourth freedom yeah. uh, that you, yeah, that you right. as, as the finest way to release psychic frustration, as it's called, because people are psychically frustrated. Actually, people are soul frustrated. Um, and, you know, they are conditioned sometimes to block. I, I think there are a lot of people who have good concentration, but because of their conditioning, they don't move on to the next step of contemplation of psychic awareness or, or even intuition because they're conditioned to think, oh, well, I can't do that. Mm. So let, let's take an example that Dr. King gives. He, he said that some wine tasters are actually practicing psychometry. I see, and yeah. as well as knowledge, yeah. that you know they, they start to taste uh, and then, and they can identify mm. cycle. The two can merge together, particularly yeah. if their concentration is good. Yeah. And you'll have someone who might be a very learned person, a very scholarly person who applies their concentration. When a psychic impression comes to them, they don't believe in psychic impressions. They actually might disbelieve in psychic mm. impressions, so they reject it. And they uh, reject their intuition or say, this must be my imagination. I see. 
In the same way, on the other side of the coin, you'll have some people in the New Age movement who every impression that comes to them... <laughs> is the gospel true? Yeah, and they yeah. might say, oh, I've got, yeah. I've got, this doesn't feel right. Mm. What they actually mean is, I don't really want to do this. Yes. It might yes. be just right. Yes. And they're mixing up then. They, they have no discrimination. So you've got to have a balance there. Um, and, if you, and, and sometimes you come back, I'm sorry to be repetitive here to these three words, I don't know, and that's mm. fine. And I would say three more words, you will know. I like that. I like that. I like that. And I like those two extremes that you illustrated because I think it mm. does demonstrate, you know, you can go too far in either direction. Yeah. There's a tendency to sort of like, sort of like enthusiastically embrace kind of like these, these, the, the new age extreme of that yeah. and sort of actually completely lose touch with, you know, the reality or the grounding or whatever, yeah. which would help to make these, these actually useful skills and these impressions to be sure that they are real. Yeah, well, I will say this because I was one of those people who had the privilege of working with Dr. King a lot. Mm. Mm. And we had to make a lot of decisions, mainly in relation to the Ethereum Society. And mm -hmm. I don't think anybody was like involved in giving him counsel, advice, yeah. uh, not that he always needed it, but, um, you know, discussing issues with him on the running of the society, particularly in the latter period of his life than I was. So yeah. I could see the way he operated. Okay. And he, he would have a feeling, and sometimes he'd literally say, uh, and of course he was above psychic development, but this is to illustrate a point, he'd literally say, I, I know we've got to do this, and I don't know why. Wow. He'd say that in those words. I think later he would know why, but sometimes I he see, didn't. Because yeah. even someone, by the way, who's entered samadhi isn't walking around permanently in samadhi. Mm. It's a big thing, and you, and you actually wonder, after a state like that, you think, okay, now, does that mean I'm free of all these desires, I'm now, everything's fine, I'm, I won't be bothered by this, that, the other, because... And the answer is actually, no, you're not free of it, because you could, you could have all knowledge in a certain state, but then you've got to come out and have all knowledge in life. Yes. And yeah. this is a, a, a big thing. So Dr. King wasn't walking around all the time. He wasn't able to use or allowed to use mm -hmm. those powers 24 hours a day. And sometimes he didn't know why. But sometimes he would ha you know, have an absolute definite... He might even phone me up. We've got to do this. And he, he was always right when he had, did that. Sometimes he just he didn't know, he needed advice. And also, even if he had a, a feeling or somebody else had a feeling or an impression, he'd still want it logically justified, if yeah. that's the phrase. I it wasn't it. enough. Mm. It wasn't just enough to say, I've got a feeling about this, I've got a feeling about that. But so you need both. It's a fusion mm. of thought and feeling mm. leading to realisation. Yeah, and I think personally, that's uh, that's a beautiful way to put it. First of all, <laughs> rewind the video, play it back five seconds. But um, I think I think also that it, it gives a lot more credibility. I think to to you know anyone sort of practicing this, you know that that still believes in in the value of logic and believes in the value of the, the rational approach and merging them together. You're not just chucking one out and saying it's not worth anything, right? I think we. He loved logic. Yeah. Actually, I love logic to, mm. you know, to a lesser degree than he did, but <laughs> I absolutely think it's marvellous. And, yeah. you know, sort of ghastly old saying this about throwing the baby out with the bar. Yeah, OK, yeah. Awful, isn't it, really? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. however, that principle applies because people mm. think, oh, now I'm going into another... I'm going into the psychic area. I'm going into the intuitive area. Oh. I don't need my intellect now. Right. I don't need to... Wrong. Yeah. But bring it to the table. You know, and if you take it to the highest level, you mentioned yoga, the yogis mm. earlier, mm. they will apply it to their meditation. Mm. They'll have their meditation, they will know things in a state. 
In that state, they're not thinking if they are somatic. If it's a somatic state, it's beyond thinking. Right. It can't be in samadhi while you're thinking. And yet, according to the fifth freedom, it's, you're, it's all mind. It's all knowing. Mm. I think it says it's, a, it's above mind, but all knowing. Well, it's mm. not mind, but all knowing. Mm. There is a paradox there. But when you come out, though, you've got to then, they, they would apply logic to it. And you'd see that in the Upanishads and some of the, you know, the great writings. And you see it in Dr. King. Some of his statements that he comes up with and he puts logically, you know, he, he will say, for example, to be a lord of creation, you've got to be above that which you create as a statement of fact. And it's perfectly logical. Totally you must be greater than that which you created. Mm -hmm. But it's, I believe, also a result of his profound meditation and then applying logic mm. to what he realized in that state. Yeah, no, I love that because um, you, what, we're, what we're essentially saying here is that this merging of you know, the, 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 the psychic side, the intuition with the intellect is actually a more advanced and more profound and comprehensive um, approach and uh, a more advanced way than just having the intellect alone or having the, the psychic impression alone. And I think, you know, that's, as, you, as you kind of, kind of describing in the beginning, there are a lot of people who kind of block the intuitive side and a lot of people that might throw away the intellectual side thinking that it has no value. Whereas what we're saying here is that the, the, the way forward is actually to bring both these two things together and it gives you a much more profound Yeah, indeed. You see, what, one thing I do in, in, in the Unlock Your Psychic Powers workshop is I get people to actually talk to each other and they've probably never met before oh, in yeah. many cases. Okay. And there's nothing wrong at all in asking a question as a psychic. Mm. Uh, if the person, because you're not being tested, it's not a game show, it's not a trick thing. You're yes, not trying to perform yes, yeah. or say bend a spoon in public or something. Although you kind of get that impression, you know, people yeah, expect that. Well, that's that. what they're like. I mean, yeah. I, I did a show uh, called The Phenomena Files with the late Mike Allen on LBC. Yeah. It was the most highly rated show on a Saturday night in London at the time. <laughs> but um, we used to go on and we'd get a lot of psychics coming in, and they always felt the need to know know everything. I see. I, well, not all of them, but that was the general mm. tenor. That, you know, somebody asked them something, they had to know. They couldn't say, I don't know. They couldn't, or even you even ask the person a question in order to get to, to, to what they're trying to find out. Now, if you're with someone and, and you're, you're help, trying to help them, it's come back to service. It's all about service. The only reason you're doing it is if you can bring something of value, of help, to the table for that person. In the process, you might need to ask them a question. If they turn around and say, well, you're the psychic, you tell me, I would leave the table. Mm. I would say, fine, you go, okay, goodbye. Yeah. I'm not a trick pony. You know, I'm not here just to perform for you. I'm trying to help you here. But you sh I'll give an example. When I used to do a lot of readings, I remember somebody came to me, he was a, who was a woman who was a wine taster. In every reading I gave, I used to try and give at least one thing that I couldn't have known. Okay. Just to give them confidence. Yes. So this wine taster came to the table, and uh, to, to, to the reading, and we were sitting there, and I, I, I and I'd asked it. I hadn't said, I don't tell me what profession. Sometimes you don't want to know too much, but just occasionally you do. And I, I said to her, now, you're going to go to an event tomorrow, where you will be testing Pui Fuise wine. Now that's a, you know, like a, I mean, I, I wasn't a wine, wine connoisseur, but I know it's a white Burgundy French wine. Okay. 
Uh, but I had no idea what she was tasting. And for all I knew, it could have been German wine, Italian wine, it could have been red, it could have been anything. Now, the fact that I said Pui Fusé, which she was doing, by the way, going to a wine tasting taste Pui Fusé wine, That's gave her confidence. But it didn't help her. I see. At yeah. all. I, I see. mean, she knew that already before yeah. I said it. Yeah, yeah. But it just lent something to, to the occasion. Mm. But I wouldn't make a point of it. If, 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 the, if it then becomes a sort of a trick thing, OK, well, what, what, uh, what town am I, am I going to the tasting in? Mm. Then I'll just say, forget it, you know. Yeah. Because it isn't about that. No it wasn't even that. about the wine tasting. It was about something she was doing with her life. I see. That just came. And when you give a reading or when you do psychic things, mm. there's a conversation flowing. I see. So I say in yeah. the workshop, sometimes, you know, it's, it's quite noisy because people are, are chatting and then they'll get stuff that they couldn't have known and then they'll come up with something helpful. Mm. And if they don't do that, it wasn't worth it anyway. Mm. Um, so that's, that's the process, really, um, trying to hone in and uh, what I call get onto a groove, yes, which yeah. you start to recognise, and it's different for everybody, but you find your own groove, and once you're in it, you stay in it, and you tell then the difference between your imagination and your intuition, or your, your, your imagination and your psychic powers. There's a yeah. difference between psychic powers and intuition, sure. which I, I can go into, but you need to get in that groove, and that's what I want to help people to get into their own groove. Might include clairaudience, might include clairvoyance, might include clairsentience. Often does include clairsentience, or it might include touch, or another another thing. But whatever works for them, and then in that, like I used a crystal ball. I wouldn't recommend mm. the crystal ball particularly. I didn't even like it as a thing to do with crystal ball gazing. I liked it. Because it, to me, it was very Taoist. Go it's on. like emptiness. I see. There's nothing yeah, yeah. there, and then into that nothing is everything. Is everything, yeah, totally. So when you're saying, like, get into a groove, are you saying, like, people can kind of find the sort of what, what sort of suits them in terms of developing a certain aspect of psychic ability? Or what, what do you mean by that? By that, what I mean, I mean, it, those who are familiar with music, and if yeah. you do improvisation, and, yeah. you, you might, and you might get into a sort of a, as a, a group four or five of you playing together, you suddenly hit a groove oh, yeah, okay. and you stay on it. Yeah. And it's that kind of feeling, or it mm. might be in literature, it might be in anything, really. It could be mm. in cooking. I mean, mm. people will know that. But with psychic abilities, you get there, and when you're in it... You know you're in it. Okay. You know you're in it, All and right. you know that what you're getting is real, and you know it's not your imagination. But mm. it takes a while to get there. Mm. And I do come back to where the yoga certainly, I think, is crucial. I think breathing exercises are crucial, really. And they are recommended, actually, uh, control of the psychic forces is recommended in, in, the, in the fourth freedom. Um, through pranayama is what I would suggest, as, as a sort of grounding force. Also, there's lots of things you need to do. You need to be a grounded person. You need to have a bit of a sense of humour. Don't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> and you need humility. Mm. But you also need confidence. So mm. there's that, that balance. There, yeah, and I you can fall down on either one of those. So let's come back to, you know, so we've got this sort of, like, background and foundation of, of this yoga teaching and practice, I guess. So what, what, how did that translate in your life and your own preparation? Well, there were two things that I used in particular. Mm -hmm. One was uh, breathing exercises with visualizations as taught by Dr. King, and they're in the book, Realize Your Inner Potential. Okay. And now, they weren't then, but they are now. 
and because that book didn't exist then. Yeah. And also I was doing mantra a lot and particularly silent mantra. Okay. Uh, and those two things particularly helped me. But I do think service, I, th I mean, healing is highly recommended as a way of development. Mm. And also listening to your own impressions rather than dismissing them. Mm. So, and, and, and often when you get them, you won't know. Now, I'd had a couple of experiences. I, I think back, and at the time I didn't think they were psychic. But I do remember an occasion, and, and I might have mentioned this before, in which case forgive me, but where when I was in my teens, I was 17, I suppose, because I could drive a car, right. I wanted to find a friend. In, in a neighbouring town to where I lived. It was, I think, Tunbridge, uh, where this friend lived. And his mother didn't know where he was. And I just drove to a spot, which was a, a newly built housing estate. I, I didn't have any reason to go there. And I didn't know that he knew anybody there. And I just parked up, went into a shop, and there he was. Huh. And I didn't even, in those days, I didn't think much more about it than that. I see. But if yeah. I think back, that's way beyond a coincidence. Totally. So little things like that, if you think back, you'll find things. In your own life. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I used to say to my father when I, when I couldn't drive, I'd say, look, I'm going to town. He said, well, I can't take you now in the car. I'm busy and there's no one to take you. So I said, it's okay, I'll get there. I walked out the door and somebody would just drive by at that moment hmm. and, and I'd get in the car. My father was watching this in a moment. Yeah, yeah. And just... we'd go. And I had a, but they didn't have a lot, but it, those things happen. And I think mm. they, you, know, you can always say things are a coincidence, mm. but when you've kind of generated it yourself, and this is why you need to have the experience, and this is something we go into in, in the workshop, you generate something deliberately and you see a result because you've generated it, yeah. you know, aha, okay, this is working. That, that's what that, fe that's yeah, what that is. That's what yeah, that's what that feels like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of it's about feeling. Yeah. You know, you're going from sort of thinking and then you're adding in the dimension of feeling, and then eventually you're adding in the dimension of knowing. Hmm, I like that. So one thing you, you, you've talked about in the past is sort of like just starting to speak, and it kind of like that might help you get into the groove, you know, like if yeah. you're giving a reading or something like that. That's a good way for people. Yeah. How does yeah. that, I mean, how does that work? Is that kind of just starting to tune in as you're speaking? Well, let's say, I mean, on? always yeah. you'll have, um, in the various workshops I've run over the years, I've used things like scrying. Oh, yeah. I've used crystal balls. I've used psychometry, which is excellent, um, as methods. And in doing so, you'll have one person, as it were, who's, who's being the psychic and one who's not. And that'll happen. You'll take it in turns. And particularly it's someone you don't know, so mm. it can't be based on your own knowledge. Um, and then if you get a, an impression which you don't... I'll, I'll, let me give it... It's easier to give an example, Do, I yeah, think. Do, story, yeah. I was, I, once when I was giving a reading, I said to someone, um, you, are, you went to a... Um, a, work, a school trip to Chester. And this person said to me, no, I never went to school trip to Chester. So I, t I was talking to them and they told me they didn't. Now, here's a warning. Sometimes the people that you're talking to will give you wrong information. Mm. There are even people out there who subconsciously want you to fail. I see. By the way, not because they're necessarily against you, but they perhaps are a bit intimidated, um, you know, not very keen on this whole thing, and so they want—they don't want you to, what? Or they might just simply have forgotten. So, the beauty again of a workshop environment is everybody's trying to help each other to achieve yes. results. Yeah. You know, without yeah. without being false or sure. without being biased, we're trying to help each other, and people get results. So this person said, "No, I've never been," 
And so, I, you know, I, and it kept coming back to me. Now, the trip to Chester was irrelevant. What it was about was that turned out to be, I think, the last time they had seen their father, who died. And it was about that. And it was actually, it wasn't even coming from me so much. In those days, mm. I would get relatives and things. Uh, it, would be, it was his father who had something to say about that, yeah, a see. relevance. And it so happened, this person phoned me up later on that day and said, oh, by the way, I did do that school trip to Chester. Okay. So just, just a warning, sometimes you're not wrong. Mm. You've got to stay with what you've got. Uh, but at the same time, that's unusual. Usually, they will tell you something, and this will help, this will feed you, because, again, we're coming back to service. The idea here isn't I'm proving myself as a psychic. Right, it's not The idea, well, you know, yeah. whether they think you're psychic or not, really, it doesn't matter that much, as long as you're giving them something helpful. Mm. They might not even know you're psychic, sometimes in life, but you're getting things which are helpful to them and that's where the intuition comes in, because no matter how psychic you are and what you pick up about them, you need to get to the stage where you can actually turn it into something useful. Yes. You know, you need to go to guidance. Mm. Unless you're, you're getting guidance from above, through you, you need to be able to tap into intu intuition. And even if you are, and this is a big lesson to me that I learned, and this is how I end my book, God's Guides and Guardian Angels, actually, never lose sight of your own inner voice. Whatever else you do, don't lose that, because that's more valuable than any channeling you might ever do. Well, you said actually earlier in the show that um, you might go into the difference between intuition and psychic yeah. impressions, I guess. Yes. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. That could be quite I mean, helpful. Intuition operates on many levels. Mm. So it's a, there are basic intuition, and there's what is called in the fourth freedom high intuition. Mm. And I think when you get to the very heights of intuition, which we're not really discussing now, it's quite abstract. And it guides you in a, in a very abstract way. Yeah. And it's at its very height. It's your, your closest link to the spark within, at its very height. It, it's a, a manifestation of the divine spark at its absolute height, coming through mind, through you. Mm -hmm. But obviously, there are many much more basic levels than that. But that is not a psych... I don't call that a psychic impression. What I... And people have different terms and lingos, and that's all fair enough. So to me, a psychic impression is generally an extension of one of the five psychic senses. Okay, that's a great it, way to... Yeah, it it okay. can be more, but they all can be extended. Taste. Mm. I mentioned, actually, wine tasting earlier. Yeah. But I have met at least one and possibly two over the years people who use taste to do readings. Very rare, I think. And in fact, there is an old saying, I've got a funny taste in my mouth. Yes. And that's a psychic impression. That usually means this doesn't feel right, mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. And it, it's through the sense of taste, so, originally. So they're not actually like, taste. they don't need to taste anything, it's just that it comes through that sense. Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm. So you have the, the extension of your own psychic abilities. And let me give a little warning here that psychic powers aren't necessarily good. Might surprise people to hear the author of Unlock Your Psychic Powers, yeah, I think international that would be, that bestseller, is, yeah. um, is, is actually um, saying that. But I am saying that. Psychic powers aren't necessarily good. Intuition is always good. I see. The only problem is with intuition is making sure it is the intuition. 
If it's your imagination, then you, it isn't. But if it is the intuition, it will never, ever guide you wrong. And that's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. If you can get totally. it. Even if it's at quite a basic level. Psychic powers, I say they're not always good because they could be used and have been used and are being used uh, to do bad, you know, harm. Mm. Uh, bad things, gain power. I see. You could misuse them. You, you could misuse them. I see. Absolutely, and they have been misused, mm. and, and there's no doubt about that. So it's not necessarily good. Even channeling isn't necessarily good, depending what your source is. You might be a. a I, I look. I've met people who are really good mediums and yet never get above a certain level. And I'm sorry if this sounds. I don't want to be like in terms a of their contact. Or, yeah. In terms of their contact. All right. And they are brilliant at getting your aunt, you know, your, mm. who's interested to, to know how you're getting on with your school exam. Still, <laughs> still now, yeah, okay. you know, or whatever it might be. Um, and, and still, you know, wondering about the house that they lived in, mm. even from the other realms. This isn't necessarily a good thing. They shouldn't be wondering about that, but it goes on. Mm. And so that's what I mean. But they, they can be really good at it and absolutely prove it beyond all doubt that they've got a genuine contact, things they just could not have known yeah. at all. So you can get that. That's accuracy. You can get a much higher medium. Emanuel Swedenborg uh, was a very interesting medium and, and mystic and very accomplished person in many fields, from irrigation to clock mechanics to politics, to theology, okay. but also those, yeah. a medium. He wrote a book called Earths in the Universe, which was published, published posthumously, mm. and he claimed contact with beings from this solar system, which is unusual in itself, probably published posthumously because it would have been dangerous for him to publish it in his lifetime. He gives an outstanding description of the state, actually, that he entered in order to do this, which is a very yogic state, although he had no mm. access to yoga. It's in this book, actually. UFOs and the Extraterrestrial Message. And I had permission from the Swedenborg Society to publish this extract in this book. But my point being, there you have a very elevated person, yeah. highly cultured individual, mm. an advanced soul, who channeled uh, communications. And yet I don't believe every element of what he got was completely accurate. I see. So there's the contrast. Yes, got you it. Know, and yeah. he, he wasn't doing breathing exercises, I'm sure, because those things weren't taught. Yeah. Uh, I actually believe that every one of the great geniuses of history would have done very, very well to have a copy of Realize Your Inner Potential. And that may sound arrogant, but I think it would have helped totally. them to control the state and yeah. helped them in their lives. Totally. Because they had no way. They had these forces, these powers. Some of it, I think, is channeled. I mean, a rare example is William Blake, who knew that he was sometimes channeling and said so, even though I did read a stupid paper by a literary critic who said that he was schizophrenic, while at the same time applauding him for his writing. Yeah, his outstanding writing. You, know, you can't writing. do both. I yeah. mean, if this is yeah. good writing, it's come from somewhere good. Mm. Um, but um, no, absolutely, it, it's, it's one of those things where you need the, and particularly when I have found in my you know, humble experience, mm. um, my limited experience compared to a giant like Dr. George King, that when you start to get higher communicators, it gets more difficult to fix your concentration. I found that with some of the most elevated communicators on the highest realms, that you almost want to bliss out. I see, Because the energy yeah. is so good, you go, oh, you know. And then you, you can lose your concentration. And bear in mind, I'm not in trance. Mm -hmm. I, haven't been, I haven't used somatic trance to mm -hmm. do this. 
um, you know, you have to then focus and, and work at it. And that's, that's where the yogic, the breathing exercises, the mantras, and above all, service. Service is a fantastic grounder. Yeah. And it keeps you focused. Your motive being pure keeps you on the straight and narrow and helps you through the tests, I think, as well. And there are tests. I just I, and just in closing here, just because I think it's quite helpful to me, I might, might bear repeating that when you were talking about intuition, you were talking about sort of like an inner knowing. Yes, right? that's what I would yes. call it. Yes. Well, and when we're talking about psychic abilities, you're talking about like an extension of the senses that we have. It, it's a simple difference: is the inner voice as opposed to an outer voice. Yes, put yeah, it yeah. That way. One is being able to sense things from outside. Yes, one it's is your aware. own inner voice. It's coming yeah. from a higher part of your own being. Mm. And I, I for, forgive me for repeating, but sometimes people really don't know which it is, mm. and that's okay as long as it's good. Mm. But to be a really good medium, if you ever want to do that, and I'm not suggesting most people do do that, you would need to know the difference, mm. and you can know the difference. It's a completely different feeling, and when you are, I mean, just to make it absolutely definite, use clairvoyance or use clairaudience. I mean, Nostradamus used both of those things when he gave his, pro his famous prophecies. Um, you know, use uh, something that is psychic as well, just sufficiently to ascertain it's coming from outside of you. I see. Okay. But be guided always by your intuition. Use your psychic powers, be guided by your intuition, and you won't go wrong. I love it. Thank you, Richard. Everybody's down here. Thanks for tuning into the show. Now, if you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to subscribe for more wisdom from the Nine Freedoms. If you'd like to find out more about the Nine Freedoms, about Mars Sector 6 by Dr. George King, go to our website, thethetherius.org. Richard and I love hearing from you, receiving your comments, your questions, and your spiritual experiences, and talking about them on the show. So do write to us, share them with us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. Always remember that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. See you next time.